Hello and welcome back to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. In our latest series, we have been learning about David's son, Solomon. Solomon became the next king over Israel after his father, David, passed away. Solomon was known as one of the wisest kings in all the land. The Lord had given him wisdom and blessed him to rule over the people of Israel. Under King Solomon, the Israelites were at peace. During David's reign, there had been much fighting and going to war against the Philistines and other enemies. But under Solomon, never had they been so rich or had everything they needed. The Bible says the people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you remember the promise God had made to Abraham many, many years ago? God had promised Abraham that his descendants would be more numerous than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. God had fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Truly, the nation of Israel had become a great nation. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. And Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. They brought him gifts and presents and served him all the days of his life. He had peace on all sides around him. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety, each man under his own vine and fig tree. With no enemies to fear and no wars to fight, Solomon was able to now focus on the most important job of building the temple that David his father had planned and prepared for. Before David died, he had gathered supplies such as lumber and metals to begin building the temple where the presence of the Lord would dwell. But they were not enough. Solomon had the plan his father had left him to build the temple, and he knew he would need much more material before he could start to build. David had given Solomon the plans for the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, and its upper parts, and its inner rooms, and even the most holy place. How did David have such detailed knowledge of these plans? The Spirit of God had given them to David. The Spirit of God had put it in David's mind, the plans for the courts of the temple of God and for all of the things that were to be in the temple. Just as God had given Moses the instructions for the building of the tabernacle, so God had given David the instructions, and David then passed them down to his son Solomon. David said to Solomon before he died, All this I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave me understanding in all the details of the plan. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. You see, the temple would be the building where God's presence would dwell in the land of Israel. Do you remember our episode on the tabernacle? You might want to go back and listen to refresh your memory as we learn about the temple that King Solomon is about to build. Just as God's presence was with the Israelites as they wandered the desert, so His presence would be with them now that they were living in the land. 
God's desire is to be with us. He longs to be near us and be in relationship with us. He is such a good God. But how do you build a home for God? God had given Moses exact instructions to build the tabernacle, and the new temple would be built with the same instructions as the tabernacle. The temple would follow the same design as the tabernacle, but it would be much bigger. And now it would be a permanent building with brick and stone, not a tent like the tabernacle that was easily taken down and carried throughout the desert. The temple would be the place where God's presence would dwell and where the Israelites would gather to worship him. Solomon would build the temple in the capital city of Jerusalem, and it would be built on a mountain called Mount Moriah. Now, there was a king by the name of Haram. He was the king of Tyre, and he had been friends with King David, Solomon's father. And when Haram, the king of Tyre, heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father David, he sent his envoys to Solomon, because he had always been on friendly terms with David, and so now he wanted to come to the help of King Solomon. Solomon was glad for Haram's help. He wrote him a letter and said, You know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. So give orders that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours, and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. When Haram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased and said, Praise be to the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. So Haram sent word to Solomon and said, I have received the message you sent me and will do all you want in providing the cedar and pine logs. My men will haul them down from Lebanon to the sea, and I will float them in rafts by sea to the place you specify. There I will separate them and you can take them away. And you are to grant my wish by providing food for my royal household. In this way, Haram kept Solomon supplied with all the cedar and pine logs he would need to build the temple. And in exchange, Solomon gave Haram 20,000 measures of wheat as food for his household, in addition to 20,000 measures of pressed olive oil. Solomon continued to pay Haram year after year in food, as Haram provided him with wood to build the temple. In this way, they made an agreement, or a treaty, with one another. Now, who would help build the temple with all of these supplies, you ask? Solomon called for 30,000 men to help. That's a lot of men, and that's just the beginning. He would send 10,000 men each month, rotating them for three months at a time to work, so they would not be overworked. They would work one month on and two months off. In addition to the 30,000 men, he had 70,000 men helping carry the supplies and 80,000 men cutting stone in the hills. With all those men working, they needed men to supervise and be in charge of the organization. So he put 3,300 men as foremen who supervised the project and directed the workmen.
At the king's command, they removed from the quarry large blocks of quality stone to provide a foundation of dressed stone for the temple. The craftsmen of Solomon and Haram cut and prepared the timber and the stone for the building of the temple. What excitement there must have been as the piles of lumber and stones grew larger and larger. This was what everyone talked about and kept watch for as they saw the preparations for the temple continue. With so many thousands at work on the project and so many more thousands busy feeding them, it must have been all anybody could talk about throughout the land of Israel. This was a great new day for the people of Israel. No longer were they at war or tired of fighting battle after battle. Now they could look forward to the completion of a beautiful temple where they could worship God. God was blessing his people as he had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a long time ago. Everyone wanted to be a part of the building of the temple, no matter how small a job. It was a privilege to help build a temple for the glory of God's name. The people of Israel had been looking forward to this moment. Even before King David had died, they had been looking forward to the day when the building of the temple would begin. And so even before Solomon became king, the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God, 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. They began setting aside their money and their offerings because they knew it would go to build the house of the Lord. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king had also rejoiced at the people's willingness to give to build the house of God. David had praised God at their willingness to give. He said, Praise be to you, O Lord God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glory glorious name. Then David said, But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. O Lord our God, as for all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things have I given willingly and with honest intent, and now I have seen with joy how willing your people who are here have given to you. Keep their hearts loyal to you. Dear True Seekers, How exciting to learn about the preparations of the temple of God that was built in Jerusalem. Did you notice how willing the people of Israel were to give to the building of the house of God? They did it joyfully. They did it gladly knowing that the money they had came from God in the first place. Did you know that everything you have comes from the Lord? He is the giver of all good things. 
When Jesus was on earth, he told us not to worry about things like money or if we would have enough money for clothes to wear or food to eat. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? When we know that God takes care of us and supplies our needs, then we are free to give without worry. Just as the people of Israel gave to the building of the temple, we can also give to the work of God today. We may not be building a temple like the Israelites, but there are many churches and missionaries spreading the message of God's love to people who need to hear it, feeding those who are hungry, helping people find jobs, taking care of those without homes, building schools, homes, and churches all over the world. When we give a portion of our money back to God through our church or mission organizations, we are giving it to help spread the good news with those who still need to hear about God. I encourage you to pray and ask God to show you how you might give. Even if you don't have money to give, you can give in other ways. Volunteering to help or serve in your church is another way you can give. There are many ways you can give generously, just as the Israelites did. God will show you as you ask him to use you. Remember, God looks at the heart. He doesn't want us to give grudgingly or not willingly. He wants us to give from our heart. Ask him and he'll show you how he can use you. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you chose to come and live among us. You are not so far away that you can't hear us or see us or know our need. You are right here with us. We thank you so much for that. Thank you for all you have given us and for taking care of us. I thank you for the clothes I have in my closet. I thank you for the food I have to eat every day. I thank you for the things you have provided me. Show me how I can give. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see where there is a need that I might be able to help. I want to be a joyful giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today. I also want to thank you again for your support and your reviews in iTunes. It truly is making a difference. I am so excited at every email and message I receive at how God is using the podcast, really using his word to speak to the hearts of so many young people. A recent reviewer said, my mother has always told me to try and get closer to God. And when my mother told me about this podcast, I decided to listen to the first episode and I loved it. Now every day I listen to the episodes. I love the stories about King David and the episode of Nathan. With these, I've learned lessons and hope that in the future I can spread God's word. That is so wonderful. I am praying that God continues to speak to you through the podcast and through his word. Another reviewer says, a friend recommended this several months ago. We started at the beginning and I play it on school mornings during breakfast. My six-year-old and three and a half-year-old both love it. And even though the stories are very familiar, the podcast presents them in a fresh way. 
Also, although it's geared towards kids, it's not hokey or cutesy and remains relevant even to the grown-ups. I especially love how Sherilyn asks questions to get the listener to do some self-evaluation to prompt real-life application of the story and scriptural truths. And I love how she weaves the theme into her closing prayer. Thank you so much for that very detailed review. I appreciate it and so blessed by it. So thank you for all of your encouragement, for your support, for your prayers, for this ministry. It means so much. Thank you for joining me today and I look forward to our time together next week.